Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. Today's episode is episode 91, where Steve and I will be discussing how to plan when your week is already taken over and you're about to sink. <laughs> how to continue planning <laughs> and how to survive the week as it comes at you with a velocity that you never were prepared for to begin with. As always, my lovely co-host is Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> we were chatting earlier and Steve told me that the topic for this week's episode is, is very apropos. Uh, seeing that he's got so many things coming at him, and I thought, well, heck, why don't why don't we just have a go of it and see if we can get other people who are also in planning frenzy to to be able to wrap their heads around how to plan when everything doesn't go according to planner. I suppose that's that's a better idea of what we're talking about here. We're also going to be incorporating some of David Allen's points about review and generally how to maintain the calm during a storm because usually I, I, I should I shouldn't say usually but prior to having established a setup that works for me I used to not plan in my planner when things went nuts I would simply ignore pages I wouldn't write in it and I would just throw my planner to one side and I'd know that it had been a crazy week or two because I'd go back and they, I'd see empty slots. That's that's how no, I knew no, that. That's really the time when done. you should be planning. <laughs> that's exactly it. But but I yeah. would think to myself, oh, who has time for that now? I'm in the middle of putting out fires. Can't you see? I need to. I can't. I have to use my planner to put out a flyer and use it physically. Yeah, kind of stomp it out. Uh, so Steve has quite a few things lined up in the next coming weeks and months, and it just seems yeah, like suddenly... the way. He, Mm-hmm. We suddenly entered September, and it's you know after a quiet, well, relatively quiet August, all suddenly not quite hell's let loose, but all of a sudden there's all these sort of commitments looming over the horizon towards me at a sort of slow lumbering pace, and I'm going, oh crikey, <laughs> how am we going to got to fit this in, that in, and half a dozen other things, and it becomes a a an interesting um, task to uh, manage it all. It's all doable, uh, but it's just, you know, all of a sudden you've got all these different things going on that in some cases can't be moved time-wise. So you've got to fit everything else around them. <laughs> it's like being chased Mold to death by, by... It's like being chased to death by a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know he's coming after you you know you can outrun him but at some point he's going to catch up with you and there's just going to be this face-off uh, so so we do often stack things knowingly that they're going to be at, at some kind of breakneck speed coming at us uh, and so one of the things that we can't account for is life and how it sort of do, it sort of thumbs its nose at our plans and says well i see you created enough buffer space here to relax and have yourself a couple in between but that's not going to happen today steve would you like a flat tire on thursday because i'm preparing you for one <laughs> <laughs> and and so one of the best things i think that has worked out for me is 
ignoring the planner as far as the time and dates go, especially if the appointments have already been set up. If appointments already exist in time and space, in the time-space continuum, there's no sense in fighting them. Put them, slot them in, let them live there. And what, where I tend to move in my planner is in my master task list. Because I can't change those appointments. Those things are, if they're, mm. especially if they're biggies, like doctor's appointments and hospital appointments and, and trips and tickets and travel and you've got to show up at a certain time and place. What I do is I go back to my master task list and I start brain dumping, putting everything onto paper with what are things that need to get accomplished in between. It's in between the spaces you need to worry about, not the actual events. Isn't it, Steve? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's, it's surprising how some things you think you've got everything under control and then some something will happen and, and that uncovers something that you you know you hadn't considered for a while and you think suddenly think Conti- really, yeah, yeah. Need to, part part you b need, and need part c of, of that yeah you all, all of a sudden you, you solve one problem and it opens a whole cavern of things oh crikey i must do this 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 and this you know and you start having to think oh so that i just so i don't forget it again i write it on my planner in my planner and think must deal with that and then i start thinking um don't rush to an immediate solution because there might be a better solution if you give it a bit more time and thought you know it's been that way for six months another few days won't make a huge (laughs) impact sort of thing is that the or, procrastinator's or like creed that. right there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but well, ideally what you're trying to accomplish is that or what what I'm trying to accomplish in in this episode is to say that look, you're you're going to be traveling when on the day and time that you said you're going to be traveling. What other things can you can you do during that travel time or prior to that travel mm. time that will make your having arrived at your destination easier mm. for you to process than prior to having left. I think this is this yeah. is the goal, right? So you've got some some family members that are going into hospital, you've got some trips coming up, and in the meantime, all the other things still need to get done. And so perhaps what like one suggestion would be is why not create a list of things that you need to read or write and put them all together in a folder and take them with you instead of trying to crunch them in now and getting them all done now. Just have them with you so that you can sort them out during the travel process and, mm. and not prior. I've it, I travel quite a lot by train, more, more, more so than by um, plane these days. And um, in the past that I've... Um, saved you know things that i've downloaded to watch whilst i'm on the train and it makes sort of a three or four hour train journey just you know go like you know you don't even notice where you are and you don't really pay Mm. attention to um how the 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 travel's going really which is brilliant when that happens but um the the downside of that is you know i'm sort of not uncontactable but i i don't look my emails and you know various things for sort of six or seven hours but consequently i get to the hotel and it's an absolute mountain of stuff to deal with from here there and everywhere um what i've 
done recently though is I've um, changed tariff on my mobile phone which will mean I'll be able to use my um, iPad whilst I'm traveling uh, hooked mm -hmm. to my mobile phone that little change will be will ease the pain later on I'll still be able to watch videos and what have you and mostly still will do but um it will you know I'll be able to keep a, a sort of a running sort of just keep checking on things at sort of intervals rather than having to do it all in the evening sort of thing Right. And that actually brings us to the point that I wanted to make about what David Allen had said about review. Um, he had, in fact, we had posted this on Planarology the other day, was that review is an actual process. When you review your planner to see what you've accomplished, what needs accomplishing, and what's in progress, is an actual process from start to end. And it's one thing to step out of a meeting to text a colleague to find out if the project's been completed or approved or whatnot. And that's just being able to, to put out an immediate fire and that's okay. That sometimes needs to happen and it's okay. But that is by no means your review process. And if all you're doing is stopping your work every few minutes to be able to send text messages or emails or, or interrupt yourself so that you can continue the project and push the project forward, then you're really not being productive. You're really not getting things done. Ideally, Tim Ferriss, I think, had a good idea about it where he said he checks email twice a day and he has an outgoing message at the bottom of his email once he responds uh, that says, I only check email twice a day. I check it at nine o'clock and I check it at three o'clock. If you have sent something in between, you're going to have to wait <laughs> for a response. <laughs> and I, I personally, as, as a business owner, I, I like this idea because you have to teach your clients what they can expect from you. I understand that we're in customer service and we want to serve our customers, but if you're always at the mercy of a customer that doesn't know how businesses run, then they will teach you how to run your business instead of you running your business. So one of the best tools that you could have in this chaotic moment of the week coming at you when you don't know how to plan and what to plan is to create a, an entire process where you start the review process and end the review process knowing that you've accomplished the steps that you had to get in it. So for example, go through what you've accomplished, see what's missing, and then be able to legitimately or categorically go through and itemize those things and the value of importance because what may seem important today may not be as important tomorrow once you realize there's plan B and C and D in effect and all these other things have come into play. It's all very relevant, isn't it? It's all very contextual based it's all very circumstantial so it may be that you're home today and you're not doing anything and you've got all the time in the world to play with the things that are on your to-do list and tomorrow once you're traveling you realize that you can only get four of those things done realistically so being able to categorically go back and itemize them and the value of importance and assign a value to those tasks i think is the biggest win in being able to plan when the week has taken over have you ever do you ever do that in as far as priorities I'd go? Certainly, Steve? when um, I discovered these various things that are coming up later in the month and early next month, I start I straight away I put them in the planner for obvious reasons, so I knew that they were there, yeah. and um, it basically just sort of right. Let's 
sit down and you know spend some time looking at what impact it's going to have on various other things that are taking place in those weeks and what have you. Um, normally, I suppose I I under um, schedule myself. You know, there's you know I might have one thing to do in a day. And irrespective of how long it's going to take, I'll I just sort of almost blank out the whole day, which is a bit crazy, really. You know, that <laughs> typical thing that someone who re, who's retired does is, oh, I can't make that day. I'm having my haircut. But hold on. <laughs> a haircut only takes 30 minutes. <laughs> there is the rest of the day. Oh, well, yeah, OK, well, fair enough. <laughs> but that's not uncommon in older folks. I've come across it many times before. But... um. I find that um, I can easily sort of work around things and look at what, you know, notionally in my head, I know roughly how long something's going to take me to do. And you can prepare for things and um, use your planner to the absolute max, and that will help you get through those busy times. And, um, you know... Normally, you might might only be using sort of a week on two page type planner, but there are occasions when you get a very busy sort of sort of week that you might want to drop into sort of some daily um, inserts for that week alone to be able to um, you know cope with all the various things that are going on, sort of thing. And coping with them also, I think, is the best way of of translating that to a busy brain or to an overwhelmed mm. brain is to say that look you if you get this down on paper you're not just allowing your brain to understand what it needs to do next but it actually goes through the system its own system of solving some of the problems that are pending you'd be surprised mm. how much more productive you can be if you actually write these things down instead of keeping them in your head because the minute you start keeping them in your head, you're no longer functioning at a productive level. You're functioning from a point of putting out fires. And I think this is the overwhelm that comes when the week comes at us and we're unprepared or mm. we think we've created some buffer time. And in fact, that buffer time is being eaten up by the fires that are creeping in. Uh, I think that's one of the best things that we can do. And I, I do it regularly. I love my master task list. I live off of my master task list. I have an ongoing master task list that's in my OmniFocus that has, we, I know we've discussed this in previous podcasts, but it has the seasonal breakdowns of things that need mm. to get done in a seasonal basis. And so even if there's something, look, it's not the end of the world if I didn't get the car uh, um, serviced for fall in mm. in the one week that I said I was going to get it done. The following week is just as fine. And so mm. to have that flexibility and to be able to say, look, we can shovel shuffle some things around just so that we can manage this week because some weeks do come at you a lot faster than others. And one of the issues that I used to have was seeing the blank pages. I'd get very frustrated in not having written anything down. And I can't remember what it is that I dealt with. And I can't remember how it is that I resolved it. That's another thing. That's another reason we write things down is so that we can see, in fact, what what protocols and practices we put in place in place to be able to get through and actually be productive during the times that were overwhelming. Um, I, I would say 
writing things down would be top of my list. And on the number two thing that I would do after writing things down is prioritizing them. Because as you're writing them, I don't think the prioritization um, buzzers are going off in the brain. It's just mm. a matter of getting it off and on paper. Mm. I know we all work um, differently. You know, let's say, for argument's sake, some people work literally a day at a time. Others might sort of look, you know, they'd concentrate on today, but they also know what's coming up for the rest of the week sort of thing. And But they may may not extend beyond that sort of period because they're literally planning as they visualise their planner to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you have to, you know, at these busier periods, not only do you have to look at it in more finer detail, you might have to extend your view beyond a week to sort of the next sort of three weeks to sort of, you know, shuffle things around so that you keep the relative um, level of your sort of activity, uh, move things around so you gain back some free time, as it were. You know, that's another way of looking at it. You know, move things around on different days and what have you. Um, I've done that recently and nobody's commented about it yet. And I'm, I'm sort of leaving it that way. <laughs> <laughs> something I do every week and I've moved which day I finish something on. And uh, nobody's spotted it. Well, I suspect they might have spotted it, but they've not said, why is such and such on such and such? <laughs> ah, well, it's like this. But the change means that I can travel on the Fridays now without a huge sort of issue on the Friday evening anymore. That right. might be a bit of right. a clue <laughs> if people can work out what uh, I normally so, do on Fridays. Yeah, there, there's a couple of points that you made that are very, very uh, correct and accurate in, in having defined them. Uh, number one you will continue to have what you tolerate. So if you're not happy with the way things are going, if you need to travel on a Friday and you find yourself stuck because you're you're tied to whatever commitment it is that you've made, mm. then change it, right? It's if, if especially mm. if you're the one running the show, just change the commitment. You're not a tree, you can move, right? So there's mm. that. And number 2, you're only as productive as the the farthest out you can plan. People that plan mm. annually or biannually are actually the most mm. most productive, right? So the larger, farther mm. out you go, the better overview you have. And if you can then backwards plan from that year into these slots, then you would see that, yeah, life is going to happen. And you can change your plans. It doesn't mean that it's chiseled in stone. Mm. You can just cross something out with a marker move on move on like don't don't make it to take over your entire week is i think the point of what i'm trying to say hmm. i came across something um, earlier this morning um that suddenly popped up as a reminder to do something fairly trivial you know one of these little five minute tasks but it's one of these things you have to do for five minutes once every four or five months it's not a major thing but I know for a fact that I wouldn't remember that if I hadn't set a reminder or put it in the planner to do that little task because I'd have no idea of time as to when I last did it sort of thing. You know, I, I can't even remember what interval it's at now, whether it's every six months, every six months or once every four months. But 
it's neither here nor there, but it, it just proves the, the value of having some form of master task list or set reminders electronically or you, at the beginning of the year, you go through your planner and you write in those tasks that have to, have to be done either that week or you know plus or minus a week. It doesn't make a lot of difference, really. But it just gives you a, a gentle reminder um, to go and do something because you know if you leave it, it'll get an awful lot worse. In our case, it was something to do with our electric gate. Spiders have got a habit of getting inside the sensors and creating <laughs> nests. And all of a sudden, you go to press the button and the gate won't open. <laughs> so I have to take the cover off and uh. dust out the dust out the spiders and put the cover back on again and it's fine for another six months <laughs> so. yeah i couldn't deal with that i'd have to burn it all with fire <laughs> but, <laughs> so it's and that's i think <coughs> excuse me a very good place where we could marry digital with analog um, i really appreciate my digital planners i love the automatic alarms that 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 are set up and I don't need to put a sticker in my book for every time mm. I need to take the bins out for trash and recycle day. It's not, I understand that some people want to make their planners look like um, they've just fallen out of the stationary sky heaven. Um, and that's fantastic. If that works for you, congratulations, continue to do that. A simple electronic reminder for me to put the bins out on Wednesday evening is enough for me to not have to think about it. Mm. And it doesn't take up real estate in my paper planner where I need to write other things down. And your electronic and. planner doesn't forget what day of the week <laughs> it is. <laughs> Whereas uh, the yes, paper one yes. relies on you looking at it and trying to work out, hmm, what day of the week is, oh, is it today? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. And I, I know there are some people that would just swear by their electronic planners. But on the other hand, the electronic planner is no matter how many times you tip type into it, it the information in it will not get processed in your brain. It's no. just not part of the RAS. It's not part of the way that the brain no. works. So you do need to have the hand eye coordination and the actual mm. pen it's, to paper or pencil to paper traction this. friction happening. Pros and cons of both approaches, I know, but there's some some funny little right. sort of side issues that you, people don't consider. Oh, you could write it in your plan, yeah, but that rem have to relies on you knowing what day of the week it is in the first place. <laughs> relies on you being awake and out of a comatose yeah, state to be able to know what day and month and year it is. Yeah, indeed. But at that Situation point, the normal. digital planner wouldn't work either if you're in a coma. So, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, so one of the other things that that one can do if one's being overwhelmed by life and have if you've just given up on planning because you say, wait, I'm too busy putting out fires this week, is being able to reassess and ask yourself why these fires are coming up to begin with. If these fires are on a recurring basis and you tend to have a storm that comes at you once a month, then perhaps it's time to reconsider what's coming at you and if you can control any of it, because you can only control what you can control. And if you can't control any of it, then perhaps the other three weeks out of the month should be spent trying to prioritize other things that you're trying to get done in that week where it's crazy. If you know it's going to be crazy, it's sort of like budgeting for spontaneous spending. 
you, you put aside, mm-hmm. uh, let's say $200 every month and you say, okay, I don't care at the end of the month, I'm going to be able to spend my $200 wherever I want. And people say that's not spontaneous. I say that's the most spontaneous you can be because then you have the 200 to spend wherever you want instead of trying to scramble for it. Same way with time. Yeah, I know you can't really book time as far as or blocking it, saving it and moving it from one block to another. But what you can do is if you know you're going to be terribly busy in a week or in a stretch of the month, then try to get those menial and and persistent tasks out of the way so that your week can be clearer in the week that you actually have to get those things done. And mm. I think that's what we were talking about, being able to read on the train and so on and, and, and mm. e- email at intervals instead of every five minutes. Because also it's not good for the brain. Huh? You're training your brain mm. to constantly be interrupted. And I think that's the biggest time suck and productivity suck that you could find. I, I One of the reasons I don't like social media is because it's such a constant interruption to what you're doing. Yeah. I shut everything off when I'm actually being productive. And if I want to get back on social media, I can. I know there's a thousand and one ways to get back onto social media. It's, um, I had somebody once describe it as insidious. It is insidious. And if you allow it to take over, it will. And that's the thing, though. You have the power. You have the power to be able to define what works when what doesn't work for you. If you find yourself in a crazy week and you're constantly on social media, you've done, you've done it wrong. You need to go back and reassess and ask yourself why you're in this state in this frenzy and go back to what's important. Go back to try and recentering yourself. And again, do the review process, create a review process that you know steps one through five are what you need to be complete with it. You're the one that defines the review process. If you don't know what a review process is, read other people's review process, read David Allen's stuff, read our stuff. We all have ways that we start. I know I'm complete with my process because I've gone at the bottom of my list. That's how I know I'm done. Mm. I've gone through my entire master task list or list for that week or day. And because I do break them down by month, week and day. I know it may seem a little much for people, but every day my, my list looks like it's got four things on it. It's not a big deal to do four things. If I break it down over the course of a week, it's about 28 things that are on mm. my list of things to do. And then over the course of the month, it multiplies and it adds up, but it's not that bad if you break it down. If I ask you to do four things today, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. But if I have 28 things to do suddenly in one day, oh, that seems like I don't want to even look at it. So I try to be realistic about what I know I can get done in one day and also leave room for existing as a human being and not having to look at a list at all, just sort of <laughs> ignore it and <laughs> have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> one one thing that I will conclude in this discussion, because we are approaching the end of our little time slot, is as soon as you know about something that you're going to be involved in, maybe it's an event or a project or um, something that you're attending or, or you know, a wedding or, or something like that, even if it's, you know, fairly vague, there's no actual date been set, yet but you know roughly what month it's going to be in pencil something in on on one of your planners it doesn't matter whereabouts you put it maybe if you don't know when when in the month put it at the start of that month however many months in advance it is or stick it on a year planner or stick a note in 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 your um, planner as it were and then as you get closer to the to the date so or hopefully 
you should get more details start to appear where the date gets finalized in that month but you still might not know the the actual time until a bit closer and then you know as, as more and more details come out you know, where it's going to be and so you can sort of start you'll start gathering the information together over a period of time you might suddenly get all all whole host of stuff all appear in your inbox at one one time but and, and then transfer that into your planner so you haven't got to go hunting for that email right in sort of six months time saying where was it was going to be and you know what time was it going to start at and all the rest of it have that information i, I do in that all the time yeah I do that all the time. And I, oddly enough, I don't put that in my planner. If I make an appointment with someone that I know I have to be at, uh, I put that mm-hmm. in my iCal and I add that mm-hmm. to the notes section, the address yeah. and the phone number. And sometimes iCal will automatically populate if it's a location that's available through the internet. Uh, it mm. will populate. And I just put all the notes that are in there, the phone number that I'm going to need, because mm. I know inevitably I will forget my planner or something will happen that I won't have access mm. and it will be exactly where I need it when I need it. So that's great advice, Steve. Thank you. So where can we find you on the internet? You can find me annoying Steve in all four corners of the internet, especially on Planarology and on Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon fan, we would love to have you. We would love your support. And um, I, I, we're trying to update it. Steve has given me some ideas. I'm going to go through them this week, and we're going to see if we can't update our Patreon site. But we, do, we are on Patreon, and we would love your support. Steve, where can we find you? You'll find me in the usual place of filofaxi.com travellersnotebooktimes.com and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks, if you have enjoyed our ramblings, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. 